You know, one would think that a chef's responsibility is to know how to prepare the meal, know what food goes with what, what type of sauces to use, what kind of oil, how much heat should be applied. There's so much that goes into preparing a meal that a chef is responsible for. But today, I'm sharing with you a great story about a local legend here in Lancaster City by the name of Chef Oliver, who not only takes it upon himself to prepare meals of the West African diaspora, but he's also blessing everybody with historical information about how this food made its way from Africa right here in the United States and South America throughout the Caribbean islands up in Europe. So much of the food that we're eating right now is heavily influenced by the West African diaspora. And after I get into this episode and this interview with Chef Oliver, we're going to break down exactly what we're talking about in regards to the West African diaspora and the transatlantic slave trade. There's a lot to unpack here. In order to get this information, though, we need to get started. This is Chef Oliver's journey, and these are the Journeyman Chronicles. Contrary to popular belief, I am still here, even though my Niners gutted my heart Sunday evening like Kano. Uh, I'm still here, and that's all the football I'll be discussing until September. I hope everybody's doing okay. It's been a tough go at it for some of us, I'm sure, with the, you know, with the COVID and with sports and what have you. I hope that you guys are still uh, maintaining focus and staying continuous through all four seasons about that i threw that in the beginning so what's going on right now we are entering black history month and i felt that it was important to not only recognize black history month but to speak to somebody who is knowledgeable about west african diaspora about the food that we're eating right now and how it's influenced by that and we're going to get into the meaning of what that is here shortly but uh i wanted to link up with uh chef oliver uh for uh for a couple of weeks now, we had to reschedule. We weren't able to get it done uh, last week, uh, and so we got, you know, we got it rescheduled. And I'm glad because within like five minutes of talking with Chef, I just I knew that this cat was just real easy, laid back, uh, has a lot of great things to share. And so the conversation really just I felt like it gelled, and I I, I loved he, uh, hearing his passion because he's very passionate. Uh, not only about obviously right cooking food but the type of food that he's cooking and why it's important to him uh so it was really interesting to hear you know somebody who is banging out such wonderful food and then he just drops knowledge on you so i hope you appreciate this uh this great episode i have here to start off black history month a lot of people no chef oliver i just got hit to him just recently so i'm i'm grateful i wish i would have met him earlier uh but nonetheless i've met him now and um my wife and i plan on uh catching up with him in his food truck try to get some food and and continue to learn uh about the west african diaspora but enough of me talking i know you guys just want to get to the interview and i don't blame you because chef oliver is a great guy funny cat and his story is just uh, remarkable. So here we go. Uh, this is episode 18 of the Journeyman Chronicles with the chef, Chef Oliver. Here we go. And um, you're doing a lot of, a lot, a lot of work in Lancaster. Uh, there's a lot that you're implementing that's uh, very exciting, especially diaspora. I want to get into that. I want to get into homage. If you wouldn't mind just breaking down exactly. I know you're from Liberia. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, break down for me your your journey from Liberia and how that how that even came about for you and your family. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's very, it's, it's pretty much simple. Um, my um, I was born in Liberia, um, along with my two siblings, my two brothers, and um, my mother's side is Liberian, my dad's side is Guinean. Okay, which is um, which is it's a neighboring country. Um, so we moved here in '79. 
and I was basically I was basically a couple months shy of five. Okay. So I was pretty much I was pretty much raised in the states. So um, yeah, my dad was on a, uh, a school mm-hmm. visa. So um, our first stop was uh, NYC. We lived there for about five years. We lived in um, um, Brooklyn. Was actually the first. Yeah, uh, like uh, our first stopping point, we lived in Flatbush, and and then from there we moved to the Bronx. He was actually attending uh, Fordham at the time, Fordham University. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we're in New York City for about five years, and then he transferred to Colorado State University, which was basically, you know, like way over on the other side of the yeah, country. So yeah. We, <laughs> completely yeah, different. Yeah. So we're in completely different. <laughs> I mean, we went we went from a you know, NYC, where it's like everybody's in NYC. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the whole world is there to go into Colorado where it's, you know, you're not you're not seeing your reflection. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely dig it. <laughs> yeah, you're not seeing your, your complexion. So we were there for about nine months. And we weren't there that long. And then um, he finished up in Millersville. Oh, okay. So basically that's... Um, how we ended up in Lancaster. Um, we went through the the school district of Lancaster, um, graduate, and uh, we went to, let me see, went to Elizabeth Martin. Okay. And then Wheatland, and then obviously finished up at McCaskey. Uh, yes, I went to Wheatland myself, yeah. Oh, you went to Wheatland? Okay, yeah. So uh, what elementary school did you go to? I went to Buchanan. Well, then it was called Buchanan. Wheatland. Okay, and then, yeah. um, I could have gone to McCaskey, but I was getting bullied and picked on so much that okay. my, mom, my mom graduated from Lancaster Catholic. My dad graduated from McCaskey. My mom gave me a choice and said, just, I'll just go where nobody knows me. So I went to Lancaster Catholic because I didn't want to get bullied and, and picked on anymore. <laughs> okay. I got um, you. When I was reading up on you, one of the things that... Um, that stood out to me that I wanted to get into a little bit is when you were talking about your parents, you, you mentioned your mother's Liberian and your dad is Ghanaian. You had stated that uh, when it came to moving into the States for them, it was all about assimilation. I really was separated. Is that what we're talking about here? When you, when you mentioned, you don't really see your own reflection. Oh no. Um, okay. My, well, as far as a reflection in Colorado was, I didn't see anybody that looked like me. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. That's what I yeah, was thinking. So, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So that's what I meant by them. But, um, but no, before as, uh, the assimilation, um, and that's, you know, that's with a lot of immigrants, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and even you, I'm sure you, if, if I'm not mistaken, your background's from the islands, right? Yeah. Puerto Rican. Yep. Yeah. So, so, and you could kind of relate to this, like, you know, for some, like they want to, um, you know, get into the society to the hundred degrees, so they don't, you know, get picked on or, or what, 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 whatever the reasoning is. Right. And doing doing that, we should not be kind of understand a little bit, but doing that, then your your own history and your culture and your ancestry kind of gets pushed. Yeah. You know, pushed to the curb per se. You know. Yeah. And I'll tell you a quick story in 2019. Are you familiar with the Baldwin Fellowship? Uh, a little bit. I did read up on that as well. Yeah, go ahead. You heard about that? Yeah. So that's distributed through Lancaster uh, Community Foundation. And it's actually been, I think, oh, like 12 years now, if I'm not mistaken. So it started out like, so they will pick a group. Well, you have to go through a process, application process, you know, um, basically why you want to be a fellow, et cetera, et cetera. So they pick anywhere from seven to ten people every 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 eighteen months, every two years, pretty much. Okay. Um, the program is eighteen months, so um, it's a five thousand dollar grant, and then you get to each individual gets to pick their project, whatever that may be. Um, and I was in the last cycle. My cycle was from September nineteen to March of twenty one. So our cycles ended. There's a new group of people that just started last September. Um, but due to um, our group got a, got hit hard uh, due to COVID. Yeah. 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 So, so basically your grant is you pick a project and you can, tr- you can travel anywhere. Oh, okay. You know, you know based on our $5,000 grant. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I had made a trip to um, Charleston a couple years ago, and then I was going to go home back home to Liberia in 2020. Uh, obviously, COVID had other plans. 
Well, the governor is calling on places like bars, restaurants, entertainment, and sports venues and theaters to close after midnight tonight across the state. Wolf made the announcement during his daily press briefing. Restaurants will be COVID. COVID disrupted COVID, everybody's plans. Yeah, COVID was like COVID was like nah, nah. son. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So basically, my project was um, going back home, not just in the physical sense but in a spiritual, um, mental aspect, you know, and, um, you know, for its culture and food. So really it was the Baldwin that really made me shift my business brand. Okay. okay. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. and also like, you know, like we were saying earlier with, with my parents since, you know, growing up in a African household, but that wasn't really pushed. You know okay. what I mean? There was like, me having a chef background, there's only like a couple of dishes, but then I was like, you know what? My parents are not going to live forever. You know what I mean? So I need to start tapping into like um, my background, yeah. you know, because I'm, call I'm, I'm culinary trained and just like a lot of aspects or industries in the world, African, what, marginalized group people's um, background always gets pushed to the back. Right. Right. So sure. for the culinary world, it's always about French cooking, Italian cooking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, we get used to that. They, you, you know, and, yeah. and, and then that becomes the standard. You know what I mean? And anything below that is subpar. And it's just like street food. You know what I mean? So and I grew, I grew up in that. And I also grew up in that thinking as well, because that's what happens when you get brainwashed and you get propaganda thinking, yeah, if you're not doing European, then anything else is less. And even a person like myself, and maybe you can speak with that, even being, you know, uh, Latinx, you know, that's like a lot of the same thing. Like the stuff we cook that we grew up with, that stuff we just cook at home. Right. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's or, it beca or it becomes be like that. It becomes like that one that one really unique dish that your one coworker loves when you bring it and they want to they want to try it. But nobody else understands what the hell you're eating. It's always that. Yeah. Unique, yeah. It, 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 um, when, when when I'm listening to you talk, I completely understand. And it's funny is like I get what you're saying. I never really thought about it until you started putting it in that context. Because yeah. things like uh, Italian food is. It, it, the the irony is Italian food has become so Americana and so uh, commercialized within the states that it's almost second nature to have yeah. a pizza. Uh, and so when 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 you're going through, when this is going through your mind, was it always in the back of your mind that I would really love to tap into where I'm from as far as the food and the culture, or did that come later on as when you realized no, you had because an opportunity? No, because I was under that spell. Ah, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that's so. That's like that's like put it into context when our black and brown people are like um, bleaching their skin mm. okay. or straightening their hair because mm -hmm. we're taught that the white standard is the standard. Right. Right. Absolutely. So when you grow up under that, there is no way as a black and brown person, there's no way you're not going to come through that having um, self-doubt and self-hatred within. Yeah. Because everything that's promoted as good and beautiful doesn't look like you. Right. Yep. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, 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 yeah. So when I really started with the border, I was like, one is like I thought about my ancestors, right? Because once again, in a lot of different industry, even though I'm focusing on food, our ancestors were the ones that were on the front lines in food, making this. I mean, we were the one cooking. We, you know what I mean? But we didn't get the credit for it. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, like we didn't get we, we didn't get the credit for it. Uh, we, we we definitely get paid for it. No, yeah. No, 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 no payments. Yeah, no None. payments, right? We, you None. know, we were free labor. We were free labor, but we were the ones that literally, coming from West Africa, literally formed a cuisine in this country. It was us. Mm. 
You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't understand that. Like, example, macaroni and cheese is us. Okay. I, I don't just say that it's us. It's us because it was a black person that perfected that dish in this country. Gotcha. You know what I mean? When you think of even bourbon, that was a black uh, Jack Daniels. That was a black guy recipe. Do you get I mean, what I'm saying? I, yeah, so, I get it. Yeah. There's so, there's so many stories like that. There's a lot of levels to are, that. Yeah. So my point is, so coming from see, so coming from West Africa, it's all about via the transatlantic slave trade. Because depending on what boat picked you up and took you to the Americas, that's what language you speak. Right? You feel me? So yeah. so for you, so with your ancestry. It was Spain, right? That was your colonizer. You know, they're the one that went to Africa with the boat and brought you to the Americas. So, so, so you eat, so you could have been speaking French right now. You could have been speaking Dutch. You could have been speaking Spanish. You could have been speaking Portuguese. You could have been speaking English, depending on what who, ship. Who picked you up? Yep. Gotcha. Who, who picked you up? You, you feel me? Yep. In America. So, so what I try to do is once once again is pay homage to our ancestors who were the one cooking this food and didn't get credit for, but also provide a linkage of okay, so you're in the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. You eat in yucca. Oh yeah, and I love that. Right? Or what we would call back home cassava. Okay. It's the same it's product. The same thing, yeah. It's the same thing, but there's a linkage there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, 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 it came from Africa. Either it came from Africa or the enslaved people who were brought to the Caribbean picked up another component and made it what it was. Got you. Do you feel, you feel me? So people don't understand when I say West African diaspora, I'm speaking of all that. So, but the thing is when folks eat Caribbean food or Southern food, or Central or South American food, um, they're not realizing that they're eating the West African diaspora. Gotcha. That's all influenced from from the West African diaspora. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so, yep. and, and it's through lack lack of knowledge, lack of self awareness. You don't you don't realize that. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But you're 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 eating it. You've been eating it. taking this opportunity then to to not only um bring forth the culture within the food of the west african diaspora but you're also getting people hip to the knowledge and the history of it as well yeah which is a pretty dope combination because you don't expect that from a chef uh, i i've always expected uh history in regards to the food but you're also bringing the cultured history which is fact that nobody really knows it's it's pretty dynamic was that have you always been a historian in that regard since you were well, forever? i mean how'd that how'd that come about well at, at a very early age i fell in love with history okay at one point i wanted to be a history teacher you know what i mean i fell in love with geography you know what i mean when i entered the culinary field obviously i fell in love with food so now i get to combine all those three together I sh- i'll tell you there's a, are you, are you you might not be familiar with, but there's a dish in West Africa. It's called jollof. It's a rice dish. Okay. So it's um it's 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 like reddish because it has tomatoes, it has peppers, and it has a bunch of different seasoning and flavoring. And it's a it's a West African staple. Okay. Matter of fact, it's almost like it's a it's a joke between West African nation about which makes which country makes the best jollof. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like a like a joking type, you know, thing. Yeah. It's like, oh no, we know we make the best, blah blah blah. But if you if you go down to South Carolina, there's a rice dish called red rice, right? If you go to Louisiana, yeah, you have a dish called jambalaya. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you go to all these different parts of the diaspora, even you know, in the Caribbean, whether it's Cuban or Dominican or 
or Puerto Rico, you have some type of rice dish. Absolutely. Right. And it's all because of where they came from and it came to another place and it just made a dish. It it might not look 100 percent the same, but that is the common denominator. Mm. You you know what I mean? So there's the linkage like that didn't just happen by accident. You, you, you know what I mean? So yeah. what I try to do is people who are ignorant and don't realize like we we all came from the same people. You feel me? Absolutely. We all came from the same people. It's just like we were separated by different um, colonizers, different languages, but we all came from the same. There's a YouTube video that came out, I want to say like six, seven years ago. There was a guy from... Um, Ghana, and there was a guy who lived in um, Guyana. Okay, you know Guyana, South America, and they met. They both spoke the same indigenous language from Ghana. When when this once again the slave ship that came to what is now Ghana to the Guyana, do you see that connection? Yeah, that that's the power of the diaspora. That's dope. So yeah, so that's why I try to do when, when I'm cooking and these different foods and these different ingredients. I'm not obviously just feeding you, but I'm also yeah, you're getting everybody. Feeding. Yeah, I dig it. You know what I mean? And that's so that's literally the premise of 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 why what I try to do and try to talk about. How are how do you go about doing just that though? When you're making your meals, how are you incorporating the history that you just broke down for everybody? How are you incorporating that with the meals that you're making? Well, the history one, I use social media for that. So okay. I have a obviously I have a food page that I try to connect the dots through that. But also when I'm doing like pop up dinners and um, meals, not I have a food truck, but it's kind of hard to implement a class for the food truck. I mean, I can put the dishes out, but no, I try, I do um, different demos and I do like pop-ups and it just becomes of, um, it, it becomes a conversation piece for one, but also um, connecting the dots. So that's how I kind of teach it for that. When we talk about, when we mentioned it a couple times already, we talked about the pandemic. I know reading on your story, um, that the pandemic uh, and the uh, Baldwin Fellow situation that you just broke down for everybody, that helped you focus on taking your company from the culinary services and rebranding it into homage. Yes. Um, It's such a cliche question, and I'm sure you've been asked this several times already, but the pandemic coming in and doing what it did, I know you already had things situated and set up like, the rest of the country and the rest of the world did how quickly were you able to think about how you were going to regroup and pretty much call an audible with everything that that uh, that you're doing now because it it seems like it didn't take that long you were, you were able to just kind of sit there and go i know exactly what i want to do i'm doing it this way yeah so pre covid my business i had i didn't have a food truck yet i just got a food truck last summer so okay. so 20 20- yeah, so 2020, pre-COVID, I was doing catering um, and retail, and I was still doing events, but instead of the food truck, I would just, like, do, a, a like, a tent, tent okay. setup. All right. You know what I mean? So when COVID came, all those, like, good Lord, I think I had, like, four weddings planned that year. <laughs> all got canceled. I had <laughs> all, all the festivals. Yeah. That were coming up, obviously, all got canceled. Um, so what what I did really, I just started. I started a delivery service. So I already had the retail because I have stuff in Lemon Street Market. Got you. Various man. different products that I carry. So I just took that what I was doing for Lemon Street and just took it on the road. So every week I would um, I would come up with a different menu, and actually that actually helped me with homage so i come up with a different menu so every week we could be a different menu it might be like two to three different entrees i have a juice there i have a, some type of dessert uh, and some type of appetizer so i have about six seven different items every week monday through friday wow and it would and it would change up so really that kind of helped me with the aspirin and actually really 
that that was actually like my best year of business d- yeah. despite despite the pandemic. The, yeah absolutely yeah so <laughs> then what and then a lot of people started doing that the same oh, really? format that I, yeah oh, really really the, the pickup and Delivery. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I guess that all, when you say it, it that was, way, yeah, you're you're right. I just didn't uh I didn't think about it in that regards. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of people started doing it that way. Though. Yeah, a lot of people started doing it. It was all good, you know, it was room for everybody to eat, you know? And okay. but but it did give me the the vessel, the um the stage to formulate what I wanted to do, which is, is pretty it, dope. Yeah, it, it, well, no, I was just thinking that because, and I mentioned this in the, in the last episode that I did for the podcast, I'm talking about how, I'm just grabbing uh, drink. go for it, the pandemic, as tragic as that was, it put people in a position where they were maybe able to kind of, like I, like I said, call an audible, rethink and recalibrate. You had just stated that 2020 was your best year. And of course, nobody wants to suggest that the pandemic was great. We're not saying that. But the irony is, is that there was an opportunity there that you took and said, I'm going to do something not only just in regards to uh, your passion for the diaspora, but you're also uh, giving back to your community. And uh, mm-hmm. you had started a GoFundMe page for the for the for meals for people that you knew weren't going to be able to afford it, and that that took a lot. So that that was ma- crazy. Yo. I was expecting maybe to do a grand. That thing went to like six grand. That's that is crazy. <laughs> but that's, you know beautiful. I mean? that's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah, though, yeah. And I, I I used that for some families. I also used that um, for. The YWCA has a uh, um, woman and children shelter. Yes, um, which has sometimes the max is up to like fifty, oh, like wow. fifty people. Okay. So I did I did several um, things with them where it was like on a Saturday I, I made like fifty dishes. You know what I mean? And I delivered to them. I, I even did it. There was a couple of times where not only did I do it, but I invited some other my business friends. One did Italian ice. One did like miniature cheesecakes, and they all came and donated their their stuff, like to that. That's you know what I mean. And uh, Cap has a domestic shelter um, uh, division too, which I did stuff too. But it was awesome just to give back, and you know, people like I said, maybe they can't afford it. You know what I mean? People going through some some tough times, so. Well, even, it was dope. even during that time, I mean, at that time, it was there were so many people that didn't know what was going on and what yeah, where, where they were going to get a meal. Stop. Yeah. 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 When we talk about diaspora, what are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about the dispersion of people from their native land or from their homeland. And so here's where the uh, transatlantic slave trade comes into play because uh, that opened the door for the dispersion of African people taken from their homeland and dispersed, right, into the Caribbeans, into the Americas, as Chef Oliver explained. And the cuisine, the food from Africa then gets dispersed as well. And so you have the West African diaspora. You have food that gets integrated with the uh, Caribbean into the Americas. So what I call one thing here, you may call something else there. Here we realize it's the same thing. And that's the beauty that Chef Oliver is really trying to tap into and share. He's trying to share this information. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, get back to this great interview with the chef. We'll see you soon. In the second half of this interview, Chef shares uh, the, the vision he has for a museum that I thought was pretty interesting. He also talks about uh, the boxes that black and brown people put themselves in in regards to not wanting to look at African cuisine 
um, the same way that they would look at Jamaican or Spanish, how these foods that we eat right now, how we're so accustomed to eating them, but how we look at African cuisine differently. And when really, as we talked about, it's all going back to West African diaspora. Hope you enjoy the second half of the conversation. So you said you just bought a food truck last summer. What? How is this? How are you implementing the food truck now? What's going on with that? So yeah, I got it. Um, I actually started. I started operations in July. Okay. Um, I probably did about, I want to say about sixty events oh, from wow. July to to November. Some some events were better than others. Um, as this year goes, I have to figure out how to formulate a better plan and kind of get more bang for your buck for the trailer. You just, um, not, not, what, what were you talking about? The turnout in regard? Is that what you're talking about? Like turnout? Well, what? you go to some events where some people say, Hey, we're going to have 700 people, you know? Yeah. And then you get there and it's like, uh, you, you might get a hundred, hundred uh, people. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and it's not just you. I could say it was just you, you did 100, but then it's like several other trucks. So you get there, you're like, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> well, how do you go about uh, avoiding something like that? You just remember the the spots that, that are Yeah, you just, you just try to remember. You just try to. So this year, focusing, I'm going to try to focus on companies where I'm maybe providing lunches to their staff uh, for like two, three hours. You know, obviously, com- companies that have a a good amount of staff. Yeah, um, you know, so stuff like that. So just start, just like re refocusing, and once again, more bang for your buck. So maybe instead of doing seven events, maybe I'm doing thirty events, yeah. thirty five events, but it's going to be more traffic. You know what I mean? So, so, so that's just one thing. Obviously, the 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 trailer is just one of my revenue streams. So it's not like that's the only thing that I'm focusing on. I actually still have the catering. I have the the food retail. I also want to um, uh, expand my uh, apparel okay. uh, for a mod. So that could be you know another revenue stream. I have a couple uh, cooking demonstrations coming up. Uh, once again, I'm an educator at heart. So yeah. that is something that, you know what I mean? It once again just educating the folks on stuff that, like I said, they've been eating, but they haven't really thought about the linkage, you know, back to West Africa. When you talk about being an educator, have you ever thought about uh, pursuing that also as a career choice, or is it do you just like the way you're handling it right now? As it, 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 career choice, as in how, and like, like, a, far as, like becoming some sort of a professor and discussing the history of the uh, uh, oh, because um, you're doing it in a dope way. You're, you're yeah, I, that's gonna be schooling. I'm not, nah, I'm really not trying to do schooling again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's be Fair real, enough. like <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I, I dig it. Trust me, yeah, no, um. No, uh, I have partnership with, with different um, uh, farms and CSA where I have um, the opportunity um, to, you know, go and, and teach in, in that regards, teach it wherever it's a pop up. So teach on, you know, social media, you know what I mean? And me, I'm still learning, too. So it's not like I know it all. Oh, no, absolutely. You know what I, I mean? So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm still I'm still learning as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's what. That's what the beauty is of it. You know what I mean? And yeah, just so just keep rocking and rolling with that. And I try to tell people, like, even though I'm serving food, food is not the story. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Food is not the center. The center is our enslaved ancestors and what they had to go through and our past and our present and our future. That's the story. Mm. You know what I mean? That's that's the story. Yeah, you're coming to eat food, but don't focus on the food. Focus on the story, and focus on the people. You know what I mean? So like, like if money wasn't an option, I would want a museum. Ah, I like a that. museum that that focuses on the diaspora. So think of a museum. You go to different wings of the museum, and you have different regions. Yeah. 
right? So it yeah. could be West Africa. It could be the Caribbean. It could be a certain country. You know what I mean? It could be certain ingredients that we're focusing on. Certain gotcha. dishes. Gotcha. It could be chefs. It could be chefs that's highlighted. It could be farmers that wow. are highlighted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it could yeah. be you know, journalists, cookbook authors. Anybody has to deal with the food about the diaspora. You know what I mean? And telling that story, having a garden adjacent to the museum, having a restaurant within the museum where we get the food from the garden. Do you know what I mean? Having a um, having like an auditorium setting where you can have visiting people come in and talk about different parts of diaspora. What if it's just history? What if it's food? What if it's farming? You name it. But it all comes together full circle. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty. So it's not about and it's not about me at all okay it's not about such and so it's about the story you know so we go to puerto rico right and we talk about the tianos mm-hmm. yep. the, the history of food there and what they eat do you know what i'm saying no, so i love it yeah we can do, do that in all the different places of the diaspora and you'd be like oh okay because when you think about it think about there's a dish in West Africa is called moi moi, right? So it's like <laughs> corn and different meats, and we put it in a banana leaf and wrap it. What does that come to your mind when I said we put it in a banana leaf when you're in Puerto oh, Rico? Oh, pateles. Pasteles, woo! Right? That's my favorite, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you when you when you're in Mexico, what do they call it in Mexico? Now it escapes me. You talk about tamales? Tamales. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got tamales, you got pastelis, you got moi moi. It all that comes from the same. It all it all comes <laughs> back. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. so. That's that's the beauty. That's the beauty. Now it might not be all 100 the same. It might be different ingredients to each one, but it's coming from the same foundation, and it didn't happen by accident. See, that's the beauty of it. And you know what? The dope thing about that too is like one of the greatest times where. Where people bond the most is when they break bread. So here we are. We have an opportunity where we can sit down and eat because, together. Because food is that connector. Right. Food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With, with, with food, there's more that connects us, that separates us. Mm, I like that. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's true. It's true. Once people realize that, because I have to be honest with you, like there has to be rebranding with us black and brown folks because there's so much that's been told about Africa in a negative light. Mm. Like when people, so so if I say to you, oh yeah, you know what? We, we're going to go to this Jamaican spot eat some grub. Or we're going to go to the Spanish spot eat some grub. Right? A lot of black and brown people in this country it, are with it. But if I I say, but if I say, you you know where I'm going, right? I I know exactly where you're going. But but if I say, oh, this is an African spot, let's go. They go, yeah, yeah. Propaganda works, right? Marketing works. You know what I mean? And sometimes, like, they don't see that, even though the chains are off. Yeah. They still act like they're on. But that's not a conscious thought. That's a yeah. subconscious thought. You know what I'm saying? No, because if I'm saying let's go eat to a West African restaurant, if you eat in Jamaican, you're Spanish, you're eating West African food anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, and, that's the whole trickery. And that's the dope thing that what you're doing is you're getting people, a lot of people hip to that. You're breaking yeah. that, that barrier. Do you do you, have you noticed um since you've been doing this in Lancaster, have you been seeing a turnaround as far as uh the, the white people that are coming in and absorbing the knowledge and the food, black and brown people but that I, are in program? I gotta much? be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you. White people eat anything. Yeah, I, feel, <laughs> yeah, I dig it. So, and and what, what what I mean by that, like I'm not saying it as a diss, but what I'm saying, like they're not afraid to try a lot of things. Got you. Got you. You know what I'm saying? You know, with us, like, sometimes we're afraid to step out of our boxes. Mm. 
do, do you know what I'm saying? That goes back to the program that you were just alluding to. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if, if 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 it's not soul food or barbecue or Spanish food, because if you didn't like this, you're gonna be hip to Spanish food because it's everywhere. Absolutely. So you're yeah. not a, so you're not afraid to eat that or 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 or, or Jamaican food. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But but once again, but if I say like African, it's something they're not used to, and it's that programming like you know Africa this, Africa that, like yeah. it's yeah. still it's still mentally there, you know what I mean? So so that's my goal. Have you made, uh, considering COVID kind of stopped everything and now we're kind of getting back to the swing of things, have you made a trip back to Liberia? Do you do you do that at all in regards to the food that you're making? Does that come Oh, I want to, uh, I'm going to make a trip and hopefully everything's going to be okay uh, for this um, August. Oh, word. So you're going to this August? Yeah. So, um, yes. Um, luckily, even though our cycle is over for the foundation, for the fellowship, they still let us um, have the money. Ah. Um, but, but 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 obviously we, we 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 ain't gonna have the money forever, so we have to use it up at some point. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I would like to I would like to go back home. Um, there's there's so many yeah, and once that's over, so many things I want to do. Some I mean I got spots in Philly that I want to travel to. With my one chef that I know, I got a farm up in New York. I want to go to. I want to go back down south um, to Charleston to uh, New Orleans. You know what I mean, and like, because that's that's the diaspora. You know what I mean, and we got people. Are you familiar with the Gullah? Nah. Gullah no. Geechee. No. So during slavery, during enslavement times, there was a new group, a new group of people that arose from slavery. So they stayed um, on like the coast, up from North Carolina down to Florida. Okay. And even even the islands off the coast, and they're called Gullah, Gullah Geechee people. Okay. They are people who maintain their like Africanisms. Okay, I got you. Yeah, look, 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 yeah, look them up sometime. Gullah Geechee, like they farm, they 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 fish, like they maintain a lot of that culture. Okay, that's their yeah, life. That's so, their lifestyle. Hundred percent is what you're that, saying. That that's their lifestyle. They speak a they speak English, but they also speak a a certain Creole too okay. of a language from yeah. So I almost consider them they're like cousins. Yeah, you know, what I mean? since I'm yeah. West African. Yeah, so it's like dope. I want to go visit there, you know. So yeah, it's pretty dope, and that's all you know. Just people maintaining you know who they are, mm. you know. The one big thing that I'm taking from this conversation is just like you absorbing authenticity and reality in regards to uh, the culture of of your people and how the uh, West African uh, diaspora has influenced um, the Americas. You mentioned South America. We talk about the Caribbeans. We talk about southern uh, United States, uh, the, 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 the cuisine that has been influenced from the Western Africa, you're passionate about that. that. Yeah. And and that, that I find to be a, a blessing that you're here in Lancaster. I'm, I'm thankful for, because now I know, you know, my wife and I, we like to try uh, and do new things. And I want to like, once this conversation's over, I hope we can chop it up again and I find out where you're at. And I want to come bang out some food because when I follow you on social media, you're making some wonderful food. The, the, all the food you're making looks fantastic, man. It looks really, really Thank good. Thank you. No, you your, your wife is Puerto Rican as well? She is. She is 100%. Yeah. We're both 100%. So nice. she 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 loves trying new things. I'm more like uh I'm the introvert in our relationship. So I'm yeah. I've been she's been helping me break out of my box. See, we talk about boxes, see. I'm breaking out of my box these past couple of years. So um she's all about trying new stuff and I'm like, oh, you know, um doing this podcast is a passion of mine, but it's it also has been helping me uh get to learn more about uh people in that I'm surrounded with in our community, which was the whole purpose of it. So yeah. uh, you know, one of the people that I interviewed was Christine Blair. She actually got me hip to what you were doing and, and I looked uh I looked Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Her. Christine, good people. I'm assuming that you guys work together at the Lemon Street Market. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We worked over there. No, well, she worked at Lemon Street. Um, I, within the building, is the Boys and Girls Club of Lancaster. So the uh, Boys and Girls Club owns that building. Okay, I understand now. Okay. Yeah, so Lemon Street are tenants. Because I'm, I'm actually the cook for the club. Right. I, re I remember reading that. So now that makes sense to me now. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so I'm actually the cook. So I'm still doing that. I mean, I ain't gonna, like, I'm, I'm trying to at some point extricate myself out of that situation, but I gotta, I guess the money got, the money gotta look right. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand that. Bro. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's how we know each other, but, um, yeah, I'm gonna, um, this year I'm gonna start doing some pop-ups because, um, the pop-ups will be more about the education okay, piece word. of it, where, yeah. I, where I can talk about the dishes that I make yeah. So yeah. For so for sure. When I started doing that, yeah, I'll you know I I, I I'll let you know, let you and wife know about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you yeah. got. Please do because, like I said, I I love what you're doing. I think it's dope. I I never want to consider myself a, a a history buff. I you know. I take my hat off to you because you know what you're talking about and I love learning new things. But that's the thing is I love learning. I love history in that regard. And so yeah. whenever somebody wants to break knowledge down, I'm always like, I always just want to absorb. And of course it doesn't hurt to, to eat some good food while you're learning. Uh, a exactly. Thing or two. That, that makes everything I mean, what, what, so what, much what, better. What, 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 What's a be better way to keep people's ears open and with some good food, huh? Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Chef Oliver, I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's late. I know you got to get up early, but thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I learned a lot. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Well, appreciate it for um for for letting me make make it up from last week. <laughs> no, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about that. Things happen. Listen, uh, uh. At least we, we rescheduled. I've had several that just, they never even hit me back up to reschedule. So I, I ain't even sweating it. I, I knew I wanted to talk to you and uh, we got it taken care of. I'm stoked. Uh, hopefully. Well, can, can, I, can I ask you one question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What, what made you decide to start your own podcast? Oh, wow. I was, so I got my own situation where I'm, I'm trying to find my way, so to speak. Right. So, uh, I work as a doc worker for the past 11 years and it's, it's, I'm at the point where I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, cause I work, <laughs> I, I work with the elements, you know what I mean? So, so you want to extricate yourself too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I listen, there's been many, there's been many different scenarios that have run through my mind on how I want to extricate myself, but I, I, I try to keep a low key and I, I know that I need to, I need to do something, but I say that because, uh, a podcast has always kind of floated in my mind, so to speak. Yeah. Right now. But it was, I ain't gonna lie, like, yeah. One day I was just standing at work and um, I was just I just came to the realization I'm not happy and um, I'm going to be 43 years old. I said, I need to do something. I said, the hell with it. I'm just going to do a podcast by myself. And as soon as I said that, man, it was like the concept, the title. Uh, I always referred to myself as the journeyman because I used to rap. So that was okay. one, that was one of my like the journeyman. So I went to a, a, a electric school for four years to get my journeyman's license to do commercial electric, and that fell through long time ago. Different story. So I oh. always considered myself the journeyman. So I said I got a name, I got a concept. I came home, I told my wife, and I remember I told her I said I believe that I can do this, and I'm not. I was. It was the first time I wasn't afraid to do something and I, when okay. I felt when I felt that like because usually I'm the type of person that's like I don't know I might fail this was the first time I was like even if I fail I'm not gonna fail I'm gonna learn from it um and that, yeah I, yeah and once I felt that dog I was like let me go with it I just wanted to I love talking with people and whenever we would go to parties or gatherings, I was always trying to like learn about what people were doing and get to know them. And I was interested in their story. So that that's how this whole thing kind of tied in when I was like, I listened to podcasts with celebrities interviewing celebrities, but that's that isn't realistic to me. It's entertaining. Yeah, it's not realistic. Uh, I want to get to know any and everybody around me in my community in my area where i grew up i grew up in lancaster and so i was like 
Lancaster and the surrounding areas. I just want to get to know everybody and share their journey because everybody's got everybody's got a story. A story. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and even if it's just somebody that babysits the neighborhood kids, you know, they send yeah. them off to the abuelita that's babysitting 13 kids. I'm sure she's got a wonderful story. Let me talk to her, you know, like, and share yeah. that story with everybody. So, like, when I saw what you were doing, I was like, this is a dope, this is dope. It's a great story. And like I said, I mean, I appreciate you giving me your time because I know that you've already told this story several times. But I feel like the more that people hear about what you're doing, the better that we can be as people. Like when we get to learn about one another a little bit more, we become better people. And so it kind yeah, of ties sure. in with what with what you're trying to do as well. So anyway, I was just a, a long winded answer, but that's how that that's how that came about. Man. No, no, I appreciate it. So how can I watch uh, your, your shows? Okay, well, right, right now it's just only audio. Um, okay. you, you can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, I'll send okay. you a link when, when when we wrap up here. I'll send you a link, and um, for sure, hopefully within like the next. I'm thinking like within the next couple months, I'm going to start implementing video. The thing is, okay. is, like like I know, I know that I know what I need to do. I just I'm doing this all on my own, and so I'm trying. Yeah. To, I'm well, trying no, to I like uh, yeah, I like the podcast because I. I'm I'm a podcast guy. I'm a big NPR guy. Podcast oh, listen stuff. I, I, so, yeah. I, I I listen to NPR every morning and and yeah. Every, yeah, I love it. And so yeah, thank you, man. But yeah, I'll send you a link and um this will be like episode I think yours will be episode eighteen. And okay. so I'm, I'm just I was doing it every week, but working full time. It gets. Oh no! Gets, I feel you. It gets it's hard. Tough. So I had to. I had to split it up bi-weekly. Yeah, and I'm hoping. Hopefully, I can get it back to doing it weekly. But yeah, I I, 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 I want you to write something down. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, no, Netflix has a a documentary series out. It's a four part series. I want you to watch it. Okay. Uh, you don't have. It's a. It's only four parts. You don't have to watch it all at one time. But you know, at some point, it's called High on the Hog. When 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 you watch that, you it will you understand like what I'm talking about, like more. Okay, word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. High on the hog, definitely peep it. Yo, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, get some sleep, man. Take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, right? <laughs> you you too. You too. Bundle up. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, brother. You know, I consider myself a lucky guy that I get to talk to some fantastic people, and Chef Oliver is no exception. His story is, is great to hear because it's an opportunity to truly learn something, uh, which is my goal for this podcast. So, Chef, if you're listening, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for um, taking some time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk with me uh, about homage, about the West African diaspora. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your service in regards to uh, providing the gems that you're dropping. You already know the routine. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Until then, please maintain focus and stay continuous through all four seasons. And if you get an opportunity, check out Chef Oliver. Follow him and learn something. I don't think you'll regret it. Y'all be safe. Peace. Peace.